Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. Episode 48, brother. 48. Wow. Hello, hello, hello. Cool, isn't it? And here we are in lockdown yet again, which basically gives everybody two whiskies to taste. Yeah. It's If only we could do that as well, like do two whiskey tastings. Yes, because actually you're tasting something that I'd quite like to taste. Well, but I've, I've still got some left, so... Oh, but, save it. but you can't buy this in the store anymore. But that's why you should make sure there's enough in there for me to taste, then. It's discontinued. Is it really? Yeah. Does that mean they've used it all up? Or do you think there's a hidden barrel somewhere? There's always a hidden barrel. <laughs> <laughs> if there's yeah, anything I learned from life and playing video games and whatever... There's always a next level. I guess. Plus, they already know that if there's one barrel left, it's an investment if they just leave it there and forget it for five years. Exactly, exactly. But the whiskey that I'm drinking doesn't have an H label. It's uh, between, what was that, between 12 and 21 years old, something like that. Uh, mine's, mine's easy. Mine's three years old. Only three? That doesn't Only sound three, like Only three, but it, but every bit of whiskey in mine came from the same barrel. Aha, single barrel. Single barrel, <clears throat> you know, malt whiskey. I didn't have a single barrel whiskey until now that was not good. They're always exceptionally good. Yeah, they're always good, but they're inconsistent, of course. But that's fine. I can live with that. Yes. I can live with that. Cool. cool okay, cool, so cool, cool. How's, how's your week gone? Oh, um, <laughs> so the funny thing is uh, I've been giving training, um, which is kind of not cool to do online, two days, full days. Um so, no, that's not good. Uh, but also, uh, since a few weeks, I've got one of those automatic sitting, standing desks kind of thing. Yes. And I always love to stand up and while I'm talking, just like I'm doing now. Like, always when we record, I always stand up. But the thing is, yesterday and today, for around eight hours' time, I was standing up. So now my legs start to hurt. I get that. I do get that. Ah, well. So how was your week? Well, I the thing that I'm definitely missing this week is any sympathy for your legs. I'm sorry. I just oh, I can't, no, that's I can't okay. get that, you know? That's okay. I mean, this is but, all just for, for health purposes. So I'm, I'm just trying to be healthy and... 
I think we should tell everybody that they should stand up for at least half their day because I have the same desk. It goes up, it goes down. And uh, I try and spend half of my day standing up. Um, yeah. And I also think it's, it's not only is it good for the, the brain, you know, to actually be in a different kind of angle place. You, when, when I record this with you normally in the same room, I will sit down for some of the podcast and stand up for some of it. It's you know different perspective on life, but my week's been good. It's a busy week. I have a uh, a migration to do from a uh, intranet HTML based intranet system uh, into SharePoint, and I uh, I have to do a demo on Thursday of what actually is going to happen. I've got a partner that's doing a dot exe that collects all the files and drops them into libraries from mm-hmm. the old intranet, takes all the web pages as word documents. And then I got to try and try and turn them into something simple and easy because there's like a thousand sites or something to come across. Oh, wow. So it's a little bit stressful that. And some of these, one of these sites came across and they went, oh, yeah, we've given you a difficult one to do. Okay. Why is it difficult? Oh, there's 25,000 pages in it. That's just one site. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 So how do you, how do you prioritize which one of those? few thousand sites that you do first? Ah, well, that's very easy, actually. So, uh, well, for me. So what I do is that I carry, get, I, I split them up into those easy ones that potentially users can do their own migration. So I might move the content, but then they've got so little content on there. Then all of those that actually nobody wants to keep, they're going to go straight onto an archive site. Don't need to worry about those ever, ever again. Then the ones that are really complicated, like the 25,000 pages, which is actually built like a wiki. So I also have to find some way of getting the links changed oh, inside God. those. So that's complicated. I've got another one that needs to be converted into a hub site with lots of um, uh, site uh, groups underneath it because that homepage has got kind of 25 different subsites under it. So I break those really difficult ones off. They're going to need a requirements and a, and a lot of time. The ones in the middle that are kind of five or six containers of content and they're going to go into multiple document libraries. I need to, they're the bulk of them. So uh, I'll do those separately. And then, of course, the simple ones at the beginning. And then, so they'll be broken down into four groups. of. Uh, so what I have to do uh, is say to the client, okay, look, these are the four groups. This is what they can look like. This is how much work you need to put into each one to get it to this stage. Uh, and the really complicated ones are all about, hey, there's a five-day process and a, and a team that needs to be working together on each of those. And there's about 40 or 50 of those. So, uh, yeah, so it's been a busy week getting that together and a bit of a documentation week as well. I finished a SharePoint document off today that was kind of 75 pages long. Oh, and everybody hates documentation. Yeah, I know. And then I've got to uh, bring together all the governance documents tomorrow. So that's all of the applications that have been released needs to be brought into one document. Um, and uh, the third one is the migration one, but that was uh, going to need to be wait until we've got some more details. So yeah, it's been a bit of a, a busy day, but that's cool. And uh, we spoke on Friday. We spoke in Chicago on Friday. Yes, we did. Yes. So that went quite well. Uh, we, we revised our some of our working with the business talks. Um, which was a nice, having not done them for a while, it, it gave us a lot to think about and get excited about. So, Yes, exactly. And 
that is also something that I kind of want to talk about today is um, so after Ignite, we got a whole new roadmap and um, there are some things that should still come out this year. So, well, there's actually a, a big bunch of stuff that needs to come out this year. But what would be the top few things that we're really um, waiting for, the things that we're really yearning for? And I think last Friday we talked at M365 Chicago, we talked about working together on Cortex. Well, I really, 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 really would love to see how Cortex would show up in my tenant. So I would really want to play around with that. Yeah, well, the first thing, Marines, you got to pay for it. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm just <laughs> a one. I'm just a one-person company, so I just need to pay. Was that for Syntex five dollars or something per month? So that's okay. So you're basically saying that you want to collaborate with yourself. Yes. So that this way is I'm always right. Self collaboration. There's got to be a better word for that. Yeah, because this one just sounds naughty. Self-collaboration. Yeah. Self-collaboration, like flagellation. I was not thinking about that one, but now no, I am. You could be a master of your own destiny. Yeah, a master flagellation. Yes. Actually, I, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm actually going to say it now because... I used to have a choir master when I was a teenager, when I was a choir boy in the church. And his his name was Mr. Bates. And of course, he was a choir master. And um, <laughs> it was, it, you know, it was just Oh, my God. Funny. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I can imagine this guy growing up in school, you know. Don't get me wrong. It was a, it was a great guy. It was good fun doing it. But, yeah, when that name... Went up and down. It was always made me smile, but there you go. Uh -huh. So anyway, basically, let's change the subject before we really bury ourselves in some things that I have to edit out later. Um, but yeah, so you wanted to kind of come up with these list of things that uh, that is due to come out this year in your top three. But uh, before we go down that line, this is a kind of an annual trip for us. We tend to do this quite regularly every year. And it yeah. turns into a bit of a bitching match. What Microsoft said they would release? Oh um, no, 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 they, no, 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 no! What they won't release, and I don't want to have a dear Jeff letter in, letter in reserve in reverse. You know, you know, dear Stephen Moraine, will you guys stop bitching about my timeline? No, 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 no. These these are things that are on the timeline to come out still this year. So they're all on the timeline. Well, I I'm kind of working along those lines, but that's fine. I went through the list. Because you suggested this is a good idea, so yeah, I uh, I got some things that I'm not sure that I'm waiting for them, but they sound exciting to me, even if yeah. uh, some of them I don't understand. So yeah, so yeah. I guess if we've got three, then you must have a number one. So why don't you get started? Breakout rooms in teams. Oh, such an obvious one. Yeah, exactly. But I've got a, I've got customers, and. Uh, one of my customers are doing their yearly, uh, how do you call it, yearly retreat, but it's now all online, of course. So they're being online two days and they need to go into separate meetings. So 
I now had a question, the formal demand from one of the uh, uh, managers to buy Zoom licenses because Zoom can do it and uh, Teams can't. Which is ridiculous to just do that for their retreat just now and then done. So but Why did you not just explain to them that if they put multiple channels in one team, they could just move from channel to channel quite happily? That is actually what we did um, uh, last week with another group of people. Uh, but it wasn't, I don't know, not that flawless enough, maybe. So what we did was we created the number of meetings in different channels. Um, and then in the main channel where everyone was, we just um, added in the chat uh, the links to the different uh, other meetings. So people would go there, uh, join the new meeting. The old meeting would be uh, uh, on hold. So they would be in the other meeting when the other meeting when they get out of the other meeting, they just jump back into the previous meeting and Bob's your uncle. So that's and how is meeting rooms going to be different? It will send people there automatically. So you can break it up and then people will go there. What do you mean people will go there? They will be pre-allocated to a yes. room? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, you can change. You can set that up. If I'm not mistaken, you can set that up that you can say, okay, I've got three breakout rooms and now I want person one to five to go into the first and then six to 10 go to the second and so on. Something like wow. that. And it doesn't work that way in real life though, is it? When you've got 20 people in a room and you say, hey, we need to break into three groups. Um, who wants to go and talk about this one? You go into room number six. Who wants to go and talk about this one? Who wants to go and talk about that one? You don't always know. In fact, you very often don't know who's going to go into what meeting. Oh well, well. maybe maybe that will be an option as well to to do it in in some kind of other way. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. But that's just really something that we're going to need. And also with all the Christmas parties coming up and the end of year meetings coming up, I think this would now be a very sweet time to start rolling it out. <laughs> so you can have rooms called kitchen, hallway, always in the kitchen at parties, you know? Yeah, uh, something like that. I'm just saying. Hey, baby, do you fancy coming up to the uh, bedroom with me? You could have a bedroom room. <laughs> I mean, Christmas parties, you've got to kind of be aligned, haven't you, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, well, yeah. No, I'm just oh, saying. I'm, I'm going nuts here. You could have a virtual brothel with different rooms. This is the masochist room. This is the, the whips <laughs> room. And this is the gentleman's room with the pole dancing. And, uh, yeah, don't worry, people. You won't have heard this because I'll have edited this one out. That's fine. Boo. Or not. <laughs> oh, well. Or you could have... So what would you call the rooms? The nursery. You could call them football. You know, we need... It's good job Forms has been out there. You know, because you need to have a questionnaire on what we're going to call the rooms. You know what it's like when you have meeting rooms and, you know, hey, we've got six new meeting rooms. So what are we going to call them? Oh, they all need to be grouped together. Let's call them after bottles of whiskey. No, we can't do that. Let's call them after countries. No, no, no. Let's call it's them after done. colors. Rivers, Black Lives Matter, colors. so you can't do that. Yeah, so Volcanoes. now... Yeah, so now you've got all these new rooms in Teams. 
the, you're going to lose so much time trying to name them. So you need forms to be able to send out the poll that says, okay, what are we going to call the rooms today? Yeah. Not very efficient. All yeah. right. Sorry. I went off on one there. I, it seemed funny in my head before it all came out, but you know what it's like. I've been involved in too many. Uh, yeah, we've got three new Unix machines coming. Oh, what are we going to call them? Um, and this was the day before you called them UX001 and UX002. Yeah. You yeah, need to I come know. up with a proper clever name of some ancient Greek god of hellfire or whatever. Yeah, god of fire. Yes. Yeah. Like like all right. All right. Let's get sensible then. So what do I fancy that I want to see coming out? And, and some of these may actually be here, but I've just not seen them yet on my tenant. Um, I, I'm going to stick with the SharePoint stuff because I'm almost certain you're going to stick with Teams. Um, but about uh, enabling communication site experience in classic sites. Oh. So I can take Ooh. my classic site. It's PowerShell at the moment, but I can effectively then enable all of the modern communication site experience in that classic site. Now, there's a reason for this is I use classic sites for my um hierarchical team structures whenever i'm designing a sharepoint environment so divisional sites and hierarchy department sites and then groups of course for that haddock collaborative moment you know um in the nursery in the room in tip anyway let's not go there um but uh, yes for those collaborative moments and it will be really good to be able to throw those communication things into those kind of old-fashioned traditional sites and not have to throw groups at them and AAD groups and all those kinds of things because you need sometimes to have better control over them and I need to disable sharing and all those kinds of things. And because I can do that, it also means I can now do it to the root site as well. So consequently, I can uh, that root site doesn't need to be a classic site anymore. It can actually have that wonderful enrichment of, uh, of a communication site. So that's what I'd like to see soon, please. But I've got a funny feeling it might already be there. I've just not looked for it. Okay. 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 But it's PowerShell script, so I always going to need somebody else to do it because I hate PowerShell. I always screw it up. So there you go. You didn't see that one coming, did you? I I total. I'm got totally blindsided by that. No, yeah. that's fine. Because no, but it's it's a good thing because um, well, to be honest. For most of my projects, I'm not dealing with classic sites anymore, but I just uh, helped an organization go from SharePoint 21 migrating to Office 365. And that migration to them was a big step. So they said our intranet that was built on uh, SharePoint 2010 uh, on, on team sites, uh, we just want to migrate that into team sites as well. We don't want to take advantage of the whole beautiful looking communication experience. We just want it to be another team site so that it's easy and done and everybody recognizes what it is. Yeah, trouble there's is, something to that. Yeah, the trouble is um, you, they, they created groups. Well, they actually <laughs> created one group called Intranet. And they built a whole bunch of subsites and a whole bunch of sub subsites underneath that. Um, 
So now they came back to me with the question, how can we get rid of that shared with us link that you see in the left-hand side? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good question. So that didn't go as planned for them. So I showed them a whole bunch of things, but they weren't interested in, in communication sites. They just wanted to do have it as a as a full-blown classic uh, theme site uh, yeah. as well. So. Well, the other thing that I, I, I see this useful for is that when I migrate sites across uh, and I'm migrating things into uh, SharePoint Online from an on-premise environment, you often end up with a lot of the old code and a lot of the old pages and menus popping up as you navigate around the new site. So one of the things to experiment with is to actually migrate an old site across and then run this and see whether it actually changes the page without screwing up the site too much. Well, changing the site and the code inside there without screwing it up too much. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's got some opportunity in there. Am I, am I desperately waiting for it to be started? Not really, but as I was looking through the list, I'm thinking, yeah, actually, I could find a use for that. It would be useful. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree on that one. Yeah. It's certainly a tool for uh, putting into the toolbox anyway and not forgetting. Yeah, and we, we don't use those communication sites enough, I think, in, in, in a lot of companies. So I think that definitely can use some sweet love from Microsoft. Yeah, yeah uh, it's true. Well, we, I use a lot of communication sites. Well, we're basically when we have self-service uh, site creation, so people get to choose <laughs> Well, self-service site creation, that's another thing that people are not using enough. No. Yeah. It's cool. And, and I mean, all, all the usual rules on my last project were, 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 sorry, all of the risks that people said. I have since May, we've got 600 plus groups created. Uh, by people, and I've got a 90, close to 90, 98, 89.6% active sites from all my groups. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I know it's only six months and all that kind of stuff, but people seem to have taken a responsive, uh, you know, a responsible approach to it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, then. So, what's your number two mm -hmm. then, my friend? My number two is. Um... You know whiteboard, right? I do know whiteboard. Yes, I, yeah. I like it very well. Yeah, I know. I, I still remember that when we were working together, we would always sneak into the big boss, his office, because he got a, a huge whiteboard on the wall. And we would always be writing down all the wild ideas that we had to push this customer forward. So um, because now we all have to work uh, from home, so we've got our digital whiteboard, we've got Microsoft whiteboard, um, but Microsoft whiteboard doesn't work with external accounts. So for example, if I'm working my tenant, I can't share my whiteboard with you. Um, not in Teams, not in the client, and that is just, yeah, not very useful. So one of my customers, for those uh, exactly the same customers that I, that I just uh, talked about that are now doing their big retreat, they just want to uh, start working in a very visual way. So I've got all kinds of questions for uh, 
uh, apps like Padlet and Miro and Mural, which are all really <laughs> cool digital whiteboard applications. They are. Um, yes. And the, the trouble is I even got a, a request from somebody who is uh, very digitally challenged. So who doesn't want to work at all with a computer. And even he sent me a request to buy one of those tools. So I just, of course, uh, showed them a whiteboard. And then, uh, of course, it doesn't want to work with external people. This is an uh, organization that uh, heavily relies on working with external people. So it's just not possible for them now. It should be coming out in December. I am really waiting for, uh, looking forward to that. Ever since the day I learned that you can't share a project Mocha Outlook space with anyone else, and that is just your private shit, which I kind of don't see the point here. But and rant. Well, you know the, the thing is, then, Ren, you don't have to use it. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I've been talking about Project Mocha for a few times. I wrote a blog post about it. Stuff like that. I'm, I I kind of love how it looks, how it feels. It it kind of feels like that new kid on the block that I can actually play around with and where I can just scribble down a bunch of visual things and then you can't share it with anyone else. And then I kind of lose track of why. What's well, what the focus then? What, why? If you, think, if you think about Outlook, what else do you share in Outlook? I send emails, so I share that information. And I'm fairly sure you can take your mocker and save it as a PDF and send that. Yeah, but I kind of thought of Project Mocha as some kind of digital pegboard, so some kind of digital Pinterest. magnetic board where I can just put my, uh, my, my, my notes, my yellow sticky notes on and just draw on stuff and just show some information and stuff. But... Apparently it's not. Apparently it's just the magnetic pegboard in my own study room. So so it is actually going to be a place that you can put stuff on, but only you can see it. Yeah, but why would I want to put stuff? Because you're into self-collaboration. <laughs> this is perfect for you. Yes, my self-collaboration. Oh, well. Listen. The, I, I mean, we know why. I get the frustration with, with Project Marker from basically what you're saying. But Outlook doesn't have the same kind of secure sharing capability that SharePoint has that allows Teams and all those kinds of things and OneDrive to be built on it. Yeah, so, you know, you've got Whiteboard for doing that. Yes. But so I, stop I also complaining. Feel- I also kind of feel that whiteboard didn't get enough love this year. It didn't change anything. Just like Sway, it's just sitting there and doesn't do anything. Doesn't oh, grow. Doesn't. Poor whiteboard. You put it in the same sentence as Sway, <laughs> and we all know how you feel about Sway. I yes, yes. Mm. Although I have to say, I discovered something. Ooh. I discovered. Let, let me double check if I if I'm if if what I discovered is really the case, before I say something that is not working. 
But... Well, that would be unusual for us to say something that's not true on this podcast. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I, know, I, know I know, I know. But you know, when you go to uh, office.com, you get that new experience with all the uh, icons on the left hand side, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's a big plus sign on Correct. there as well where you can create a new document or a new Excel or a new presentation or a new OneNote. Correct. Yes. You can also create a new form, a new quiz, and you can also create a new Sway page right from that plus button. And where is it stored? Who the hell Oh, knows? come on. Don't give me half a story. Where is it stored? But that's the thing in Sway. Sway is just stored in Sway. It's stored in... Some kind oh, of, yeah, yeah, of database blob somewhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, in a secure blob, which is where whiteboards are stored as well, by the way. So yeah, yes, probably, probably. Oh, so they are. Nobody, nobody cares where it's stored, um, unless you're a bank or a government. Well, as long as it's secure blob store, we don't mind, and it's in the tenant, and it's all covered with all yeah. the, uh, you know, sovereignty and all that kind of stuff. But that's fine. Uh, but of course, next year. Whiteboards will be storable in a SharePoint site. Really? Yes, they will be stored in a library. <gasps> all right, which means you can then put all the retention and labels and sensitivity stuff, and it will be all ultra secure. So your whiteboards will move from blob to a real storage. I, I know what is actually going on. I know what is actually going on. Just between you and me, tell me, go on. No, 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 no. I know what is going on. So you know this man, Jeff Deeper, who used to be the SharePoint, the, the, the father of SharePoint? Used to be. No, he is, he's the father. Well, I, was say, <laughs> I heard the somebody, of SharePoint. I heard somebody last year or two years ago call him the grandfather of SharePoint. That's what was, I've just said, yes. <laughs> which was awesome. That was very funny. But anyway... <laughs> Um, so Jeff Deeper has been moving up in the organization. So he got a few extra bits and bobs uh, under his uh, under his watchful eye. Oh, okay, I like that. So bit. also, for example, Teams. So he's coming from SharePoint, and you see everything going towards Teams, for example. But now suddenly, Stream goes away, and it will go to SharePoint. Now, whiteboard goes way from that blob thing and goes to SharePoint. So, teams, uh, so, so, uh, Teeper is just moving up in the organization and he just says, okay, all that nice shiny stuff, let's move it all back to SharePoint. Let's put SharePoint first. Let's put all that love back into SharePoint. So, that is what's actually happening. But SharePoint deserves the love. Yes. Yes. SharePoint deserves yes. the love. Yes. But actually, I mean, reality, and I know you know this, but uh, the reason for putting it in SharePoint is because I then don't need to think about compliance and regulations and security on a blob store. I uh, I can just take all the same labels for all the organizations. So, I mean, they're doing it so that it meets the compliance. I know you know this, but I could rather go with the SharePoint love. I get that. I get that. Um, is one completely useless then, okay, uh, of uh, the things. Here we go. So um, you will be able to do a 360-degree tour of a web part in SharePoint spaces to allow the creation of inversive virtual tour of a SharePoint site. 
So is that kind of like an escape room thing where you put a post-it note on the back of a profile page? So would, would that be like when you walk in the hallway, you actually put a post-it note of kick me on somebody's back. So if you would put a profile <laughs> web part on a, on a page and then on the back end, you would say like kick me or something, whatever. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I just like the idea they're still working on SharePoint spaces. That's the thing. So it's a fairly recent, uh, uh, it was in the, uh, in the roadmap. Uh, but SharePoint Spaces. I do actually need to um, talk to somebody about SharePoint Spaces because I have a few ideas around the Agile process uh, where SharePoint Spaces would really, really work. So I think um, Catch Matt, if you're listening, need to give you a call, mate. Have a few ideas. And uh, <laughs> we'll see whether whether there's a, a few things we can do with this. Anyway, that, that was a bit out there, really. So I don't want to to really cover no, that no, no, no. I, I i think spaces will work if it i think sharepoint spaces will work if it looks like beat saber where documents are flying towards me and i need to approve or deny or put metadata on them and have some upbeat tempo techno thing yeah wow you well. really are upset about project mocker aren't you <laughs> No, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I do get it. I do get I, it. But let's, yeah, well, let me be serious for a minute or two. So I tell you that my real number two uh, item is the ability to add sensitivity labels to the containers. Okay. So to your Microsoft Teams site, to your 365 group, through your SharePoint site. So everything in that site will inherit that label. And of course, you can then start to put retention on it for auto-archiving of the sites in the appropriate time based upon the content and the usage. Now, apparently it has been released according to the list I've just seen, but I have not seen it yet. So um, uh, either it's hidden away somewhere, but one I'm going to start looking around at tomorrow. But yes, yeah, so to be able to put information protection on containers rather than on items, definitely something I'd like to see before the end of the year. Uh, and and uh, and work out how I can uh, get that to work. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, cool. My next one on the list is calendar view for list. No, that can't be because that was my next one too. Seriously, really? <laughs> yes, That's funny. Oh. Virtualizing lists with date columns. It's so good to have it back again. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I heard there they were working on that on 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 I well I actually saw I think in at Ignite or something uh or or something on on one of those official Microsoft blog posts where they kind of showed it off a little bit just in the background like yeah, we've got this as well. So I was like, "Ooh, we've got a calendar view." That's good because that now allows me to create items and then show them in a in a calendar view and then maybe even show them in my outlook as well if i can just use that as an ics kind of file i don't know if that's going to be possible but that would be super sweet it didn't it didn't used to do that uh, because i mean this was available in 2010 SharePoint yeah. 2010 
uh, where basically, you know, the column format was there. And so if the column format matched, you could put it into a, into a calendar view. But of course, they changed that a bit with with the way that they're now building the modern pages. Yeah, um, but so imagine. I don't know whether it would be an ICS. I'm guessing that would be one step too far. But a great yeah, probably a partner It'll somewhere. Probably be. Great but, opportunity for a partner. Yeah, but imagine with all the all the formatting love that lists has gotten. If we can now do some kind of calendar view where we can also add colors for categories. And stuff like that. Oh, as we can now, of course. Yes. <gasps> yeah, but then in a yeah, would be nice. How cool would that be? So, what would you do that with? Thinking about it. So, if you have a calendar and you have the ability to do conditional formatting on it, what would you do? Well, Color items um, that are past that are past today's time, or uh, no, 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 no. I've I've got um, one of the projects that I uh, am involved in is um, an editorial calendar for the communications department. So they are writing down whatever needs to come out as communication on what platform. So I get what it. things need to go to Twitter, need to go to the website, to the investor relations site, to the internet, stuff like that. Yeah. And boom. <sighs> I just thought I'd, you know... Have a yeah, little smell. Sure, sure. Yeah, of course. Mm. But I, I can also see things like Teams meetings being a different color to, you know, normal calendar items or um, depending what room something's in or depending on meetings with your boss, you can make them a different color just as you can now. So, so oh, that's then kind of you're really talking about Outlook uh, calendar. I'm, well, I'm, I'm talking about showing my SharePoint items uh, in, a, in a weekly or a monthly view. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but it'll still be the same code. You know, Microsoft, they don't build something twice if they can help it. So, well, all right. To be honest, <laughs> to be honest, they're actually building three times the same thing, but then just slightly different because it's in slightly something else. I mean, yeah, our, our apps, and now they just released yesterday the new Dataflex, which is Power Apps for Teams, which is not the same Power Apps. It is kind of the same Power Apps, but it's actually something else. I mean, what? Why? Why would you do that? That's just silly. I don't know. I don't so, know. If you're If you're telling me that they will... Use the same code for something? No, no, no they absolutely no. will. Underlying it, it'll be a, it'll be the same, but they, they'll have tweaked it somehow to make it work. Yeah, and true. I don't know why they made it different, but it, it's better to have it than not have it, isn't it? That is very true. There that you go. Yeah. All right then. So my number three, I think it's my number three. Uh, my last item uh, is probably active time spent on a SharePoint site. So you can actually now get some decent reporting about aggregative data, about the amount of time that users spend on your internet sites, your internet pages, and things like that. So yeah. Decent mm -hmm. reports. But so you need to I, set that up for every site, is the last thing I've seen. Well, now apparently you can enable it and you can aggregate the data. So. Okay. Uh, as far as I kind of uh, was reading earlier, going through the list, 
but yeah, there's never in, there's never enough data around on your usage, on your SharePoint usage, and and it's typically I understand it. You know, most of the time I honestly don't care if the site is getting used or not used. It's there when people need it or when they're looking for the content. Blah blah blah. But when somebody asks for the information for a particular reason, you at least want to be able to get to it and show somebody and. Yeah, you can see how often the site's been used now. Here you go, blah, 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 blah. And also we can use it, of course, to trigger archiving events and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if a site is getting a lot of love and you keep giving it a lot of love, uh, but then you find that nobody's visited it for three weeks, you think, why am I giving it all this love for no reason? So it's true it's true it's true it's true yeah and and to be honest those those default sites usage it looks pretty cool but it doesn't give you a lot of information that is actually helpful i think no but, it's, it's, it's always the case it's a yeah. case of the data's there so you can actually uh manipulate it a little bit and make it work for whatever you want it to do that's the kind of main thing true i'm playing with my whiskey bottle that's okay. If you want to play with your cork while you're on 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 speaker, that's okay. Well, it's kind of whiskey time. It kind of is. It's forty-one minutes in. Jeez, that went fast. Yeah, <laughs> we lost a few seconds at the beginning, but yeah, yeah. according to this, it's uh, uh, forty-two minutes in now. So oh, you know, my. if uh, and you got a meeting that starts in twenty minutes. That is true. That is true. So, so, about you, really, not about me. <laughs> that's why you, you're clinching on to that whiskey bottle for the last that's 15 why. minutes. Gotcha. Oh. Wait, well, you're I have a whiskey. wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me do that. Oh. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good well, one. I did wonder why you were kind of pulling your trousers up there for a second before the pop. See if I can get a glug, 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 glug. No, I can get a paw. No, 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 not that. Oh, that was good. Uh, let me see if I can do that as well. No, I can't. Uh, There's not enough whiskey in the bottle. No, yeah, true, true, true. It is nearly. So how far apart are our whiskeys in thousands of miles? I guess it's probably three or four thousand. No, it won't be that much with it. What's the difference between going to Scotland and staying in Belgium? Well, uh, I want to say the weather, but we're always complaining <laughs> about the weather. How many Belgium, miles but... apart these distilleries were? Yeah. Hmm. So I'm question. drinking probably the best named whiskey in the world. All right. This whiskey is called Wild Weasel. What's yours called? Mine is called Jura Superstition. Jura Superstition. That sounds like a perfume. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can already see the marketing be before me with some guy with a six pack with only like these short shorts coming out of the ocean. Superstition. Oh, I was thinking about those. There was always an advert in the 80s for for uh black magic chocolate i think it was black magic chocolate the the there was a james bond guy all in black that would deliver the chocolate to the table and then run away 
And then as the lady came into the room, there was the chocolates with the card on it. So, yeah, that's where a Jura superstition, you know, delivered no, okay. by the man in blue. Is the box blue? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of it has got this uh, little cross uh, on it. And I just read something about that. It's the Ankh cross that's on the bottle. But actually, you can't buy this anymore because this has been discontinued until from uh, two years ago. Right. Um, it is a blend of a few years uh, mixed together. I was looking at some tasting notes, and on one, uh, one side, I could find the tasting note saying that the nose kind of smells like urinal cakes. <laughs> and i have to say I, i can't i can't find that i'm i'm looking for it i'm i'm smelling i i'm looking no, for it but i can't no, find no it. that's not the sad thing about this is whoever wrote that note actually knows what one tastes like no smells <laughs> smells like it, it was on the like nose it. it was on the nose i have to say it was on the nose okay. it was on the nose but this one well, this one is kept in uh, bourbon barrels and um It has been uh, caramel colored, says so on the bottle. Uh, but uh, it's coming from Jura, which is right next to Isla. Uh, they've got a whole range of, or they had a whole range of uh, bottles going from light peated, which is this one, the superstition, to heavy peated, which is the prophecy, to fruity and spicy, which is the elixir. So they, they've got, they ranged it based on tastes. And yeah. um, this has always been not really a favorite, but it has always been part of my staples, things that I've got here. So so tell me about yours. Oh, man, mine's lovely. So as we said earlier, mine comes out from a single cask. So there's always some kind of variety. But it comes from, um, it comes from a brewery, in fact, Um, it's uh, the Brewery Wilderun, uh, which is kind of not far from your place, Hasoltish. So it's an hour's drive from where you are uh, in uh, St. Truden. So if anybody wants to look it up, uh, Brewery Wilderun. If you happen to be anywhere around there, Sunday afternoon, sun's shining. They've got a great courtyard um, with uh, some great snacks. And they do most of the spirits. So they do gin and, and all those kinds of things as well as uh, apparently a really very good beer, but you'll probably know more about their beer than uh, than, than I do, no? So it's a small modern brewery. Um, so it's great. And we were away for the weekend, and I'd found a hotel that had no really good whiskies. So when I heard there was a distillery kind of down the road, hey, I know what we're doing tomorrow afternoon. So, yeah, I, we kind of went there for lunch, which was really very nice, and I just ordered straight from the menu, their single malt whiskey. They do two. They do a, a single malt in a sherry cask. Of course, I stayed well away from that. Uh, not my favorite. Um, but when I, when, I, when I first put this whiskey to my nose, I, I was gobsmacked. I was going, banana. This whiskey smells like banana. And I decided that I was kind of going nuts. That I, you know, they actually they use Jack Daniels barrels then. Yeah, something like that. No, actually, it's straight from a, a oak casks. So it's not from a, a bourbon. It's straight oak casks. Oh. Apparently, although I'm a bit suspicious of what I'm reading here, 
when I did some research on that. So I will get back into there a little bit more. But it's on the nose. It's definitely salty and fruity. So they they talk that some people talk about um, seaside fudge, banana ice cream, and salted pistachios. But you definitely get the banana. There's no doubt about it. The kind of banana sweets. So you uh, get and, a whole fruit it's salad. Lovely. It's lovely on the nose. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's got a great color. It's got that kind of golden amber color again. It so it's not. It's got of a warming color. But when you taste it. It's really very smooth. It's only three years old. So it's been in the, bar- the same barrel for three years. So it's amazingly um, uh, smooth for that. But it's kind of almonds and fruity um, and with a little bit of honey. But when you get to the finish, you actually change the fruit. There's, there's actually black pepper and spiciness in it. But then you get pineapple, just a hint. Just a hint of pineapple. Now, I know that my description probably says this is a whiskey full of fruit. It's not. You've tasted this whiskey, I think, when we were down here before. I did. It is a real good whiskey. It's You would not confuse it as anything else. But they've managed to put that fruitiness in, which I think is where that smoothness of this whiskey comes from. It's definitely a winter whiskey. All right. It is a warm fireplace kind of drink. Uh, I love it. I have to say I was sold on it as soon as I tasted it. And the missus kind of had to hold me back while I went to the store and bought a bottle to bring home with me. And uh, I would absolutely have another one. Uh, I'm looking at a website here, Master of Malt. It is on, available on Master of Malt. So if you kind of want to taste it, then go for it. It's called Wild Weasel. It's the best named whiskey I've ever, ever come across. And trust me, you're going to put this to your nose and you go, bananas? Really? <laughs> that's nice that is cool that is cool that's actually way better than mine because i just put this one to my nose and yeah for some reason now now i know why i didn't why why it's not my favorite daily drinking whiskey because this just smells uh factory made so you get that mm. you get that made in china kind of smell yeah, so it doesn't smell wooden or floral, or it it just smells like machines, and it doesn't have that big taste exp- uh, smell explosion. That might also be because there's not a lot of left in the barrel in the bottle, and it's it's been uh, sitting here for quite some time as well. Um, when I get a taste. It should be, it's it's definitely super sweet and you can definitely taste the bourbon barrels in there and no, no sherry barrels. Um, so you definitely get a lot of that vanilla, a lot of sweetness in there. I'm reading that I should get a cereal fest uh, on my tongue, but I don't get any of that. Um, very short finish. It just dies down, goes away, back to sleep and it's all done. So... Um, it's not bad. It's, um, it's not one of my top whiskeys. It's not one of those things that I can rave about for hours. This is just what it is. So the question I have to ask them based on that conclusion is how come the bottle is nearly empty? 
because sometimes I've got people over and I don't want to give them <laughs> my prime whiskey. So I'm just giving that. No, 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 no. No. Uh, so to be honest, come out going, you know, is, guys, is, look, I've got this really special whiskey, Juris Superstition. Yeah, you must try this. No, 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 no. I've got, when I get people over and they need to, they, they look at the bar and they see all these bottles that they can't pronounce the name of. Then they'll probably go, yeah, I'll, I'll have that one with the cross. So that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the only one that they can pronounce. It's not a Brookladi, it's not a Bunahaven, it's not a whatever. Yeah, just give me that one. That's okay. <laughs> Jura, I can say that. Yeah, so right, it's 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 like exotic enough that people haven't had it before, but it's not unspellable or unspeakable names. So. Yeah, I get that. I have to say, whenever I have guests around and, and they kind of say, yeah, I don't mind a whiskey, I go nuts. I pull all my favorites out and want to convince them that they're going to be their favorites as well. And then when they've gone, I go, okay, why did I kind of take all my favorites out? And, <laughs> but I guess that's the love. I have the love for my friends, you know, and the whiskey love and, uh, you know, um, I had an interesting experience yesterday talking about whiskey love. Um, I pulled a Connemara out from the back of the shelf, and you know that that's always been my go-to whiskey sure. until I've kind of these last few years been experimenting with, you know, a lot of other tastes and things. Um, and I had that wonderful feeling of going back home as I as I was drinking this last night. I I kind of was just yeah dozing in front of the TV, sort of sipping this whiskey, thinking. Yes, I do remember why I keep a bottle of this in the shelf, um, and uh, it's kind of time to renew it. I, and I tell you, it's it's gone down in price to kind of thirty euros a bottle now. And and the petered Irish whiskey, I know everybody else is now doing one, so I do get. I mean, I think you saw the Teeling petered that has been just been uh, released, but these guys were first, and yeah, that was pretty awesome. Just hitting that again, and I'm thinking. Gonna to have to put that back on the list and make sure that I've got a full bottle ready. But uh, but today it's about Jura and it's about Wild Weasel. Listen, I have an idea for the next podcast. We should come up with a scoring system for our our whiskeys. So basically, maybe we give it a score out of five for the nose, the palate, and the finish, and we kind of work out which one we actually like and and taste. So I think that's a brilliant good. idea. Also for our whiskey podcast, uh, we whiskey can definitely podcast. use that one. We should do that. We, we should uh, only. They've not heard of it. That's whiskeyatease.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of all of our tastings in there from, from the Office 265 Distilled podcasts. And we're going to start creating some new content just for that. So just yeah. for the whiskey tastings. Exactly. We just need to come up with some silly name for the scoring system. We do, yes. The Scorsese system. No, that don't work. Um, the bitching whiskey system. No, I, I know. Piss. The, the product internal scoring system. P-I-S-S. P-I-S-S. Yes. The penultimate indicator for sensory supping. For example. So we yes. have a piss score. Yes. At the weekend, I was catching up with some of the old Grand Tour episodes. You know, they've stopped doing it now on uh, uh, on, on Amazon. So I was kind of just catching up uh, on some of the old episodes. And I found one where they did a tour of Scotland. 
Um, and, uh, and I must have missed it the first time. But they decided to come up with their own route around Scotland because apparently there's a, a route of 500-mile driving route. It's apparently one of the best drives around Scotland. It's 500 miles, uh, and it's called the NC500, I think, the North Coast 500. And so I kind of thought, hey, I might actually do that in the summer. That would be actually quite fun to do. Um, yeah. But they came up with this thing, and they came up with a title – and it was only, it took me ages to work out that it was the penis 280 mile Grand Tour, you know? But of course, they just did, they, they, they sought out the acronyms. But I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's the penis 286. <laughs> oh, oh, I definitely need to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was on Amazon. It was worth it. All right, this was this was cool because you've got a few minutes before your next meetings. You slip yes. the podcast in nicely to your agenda. So, hey, I'm going to start off with my whiskey. You know, I tasted a Belgian whiskey that was finished in American oak casks. And I'm guessing they're ex-bourbon casks because they talk about them coming from Kentucky and Tennessee. And in all honesty, it tastes like they're bourbon casks, even though they say they're, eight, they're oak casks. Uh, casks and that was lovely and i'm going to look forward to finishing that off but we pulled some really cool stuff out today about things that we would like to see and that we're waiting for either because it hasn't arrived yet or because it's something we haven't used yet and i think that was a nice list you know yeah. uh, we covered and some new stuff and some old stuff that was cool yeah and we also didn't bitch and moan about it which is also good yeah that's quite interesting. We're uh, just saying that we're really, really, really looking forward to these coming soon. So does this mean we're maturing as individuals and people? No. <laughs> I'm so glad about that. I would, I would not want to do that. I don't want to be mature. <laughs> no, no, exactly. All right. So we got a few things to do once we finish this podcast. We need to think about what to do with our 50th, whether we actually invite some friends over and do what we did before. Yeah. Um, which was great fun last time. I really quite enjoyed that a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to actually do something physically in the same room um, uh, this year. I'd, I'd identified a few local bed and breakfasts and I thought, you know, we could do something, but of course, that just is not going to happen here in Belgium. It's going to be locked down at least until when? What is it? December the fourteenth or something silly? I've got no idea, but it's it's not looking good. Anyway. No, so that's not going to happen this year. So maybe we'll we'll try and do that later. But but that was good. I enjoyed this podcast. So thank you very much for your idea, my friend. That was pretty excellent. So we're at one hour in forty five seconds. So you have forty seconds to close this podcast down to take us through to the hour my friend so from Moraine here is a really really good well thought through and considered goodbye <laughs> well that was excellent Moraine a well thought through <laughs> that was brilliant well done my friend so hey it's Ty Steve here saying goodbye and this is me Moraine Somers at Moraine Somers Feel free to follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know what you think about this podcast. Do you like it? Don't you like it? Give me two reasons why you do. Give me two reasons why you don't. Bye. Bye. No. If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. 
If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine, on the next Office 365 